home again this morning. You might think I am a broken record. Doesn't he have more verses he could preach on? I probably do. In fact, there's an entire Bible we can preach on. But my job today is to preach on the verse that changed my life. And this is yet another one that has affected me deeply. And you know what? Here's the deal. One day I'm going to be in eternity with God and he will reveal all things to me. Between now and then, I hope that I have opportunity to focus on a few things so that maybe I can get it right. And this is one of those passages of scripture that has affected me deeply and profoundly through, you know, most of my later adult years. And I am so thankful uh, that God in his uh, masterful work recognizes the simplicity of my mind and just gives me a few things to anchor to uh, so that I can focus on them and focus on him. Today we are talking about don't forgive. Well, don't be forgiven. Don't forgive. Don't be forgiven. So to repeat, the last thing that I told you guys is this. Uh, This is not for my spouse. This is not for my neighbor. This is for me. This is very weak this morning. Very weak. I can tell it was raining last night. It feels like fall. Everyone's carved up on their pumpkin spice lattes. Let's try this again. This is not for my spouse. This is not for my neighbor. This is for me. Ready? If I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. That hurts. If I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. A bunch of years ago, I recognized very keenly that I was carrying a tremendous amount of soul debt. I didn't even know what soul debt was until I was having some time of prayer, and uh, I was reading through the Lord's Prayer, because for me, the Lord's Prayer is my base point. It is my starting place of when it comes to making sure I am walking properly before the Lord. I want to make sure my heart is in the right place. And sometimes to hit the reset button to make sure my heart's in the right place, I first have to begin professing with my mouth the truth. And then typically what happens is my heart begins to follow. And so my reset that I do for myself is I go and I find a quiet place and I sit and I just begin with the Lord's prayer. Now, This is the crazy part, is we all know the Lord's Prayer, most of us do, and we're going to go through it in just a moment, Uh, but sometimes when life has been so crazy, and I'm feeling a little sideways, and I haven't taken the right time to rest and spend it with the Lord, what ends up happening is I'll, I'll sit down, or I'll close my eyes, or I'll get on my knees, and I'll plug my ears, and I'll be free from distraction, and I'll start saying the Lord's Prayer only to get a sentence in, and then totally forget where I was. And then I have to stop for a second and go back. Okay, our Father who art in heaven, and then start going through it again. Midway through, I'm like, what? Where am I doing? My mind starts wandering. I'm thinking about what needs to be done. I'm, I'm like, oh man, I got to catch up on this. I got to do this. Why am I wasting this time praying? There's other things I could be doing that are practically useful. Oh, this is silly. And then I got to restart again. And usually it takes a while to get in the right headspace to just sit and be in the presence of God. So that's a practice that I implement in my life, that I've implemented in my life for the last four or five years regularly. And it was a bunch of years ago when I started this, because, you know, really at the end of the day, we want to know, am I, am I being effective in communicating with my creator? And I don't, I don't know if I am. Maybe sometimes you wonder, am I being effective with how I communicate with the one who made me? And so I had to kind of get back to the basics. Well, what are the basics? Well, the basics are this. God created everything. 
God gave us his son, Jesus, and Jesus, by his own volition, chose to die upon the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And then he descended into hell, stole the keys of death and Hades, rose again, ascended into heaven, and we wait for him to return. Those are the very basic Coles Notes version of the tenets of our faith. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need salvation. Plain and simple, we need to be forgiven. That's it. You don't ever have to come to church again if you just hold on to those things. We need Jesus. You need to repent. You'll be forgiven. Praise be to the Lord. It's easy, okay? The rest, it's just all whatever. It's fluff until Christ returns. Yeah, I know. There's really only a couple things that actually matter in life. So let's focus on the really important things. So I'm like, hey, what are the basics? How do, how do I make sure that I'm in good standing with God? I want to know that I know. I don't want to be caught off guard one day and standing before, before him and the, at the throne of judgment. And, and suddenly I'm, I'm realizing very keenly uh, front and center that, oh my goodness, I've never dealt with anything that I was supposed to deal with in my life. So it's kind of sobering to start processing this. I'm like, oh man, I want to make sure I'm in good standing. As my friend Robert says, I don't want to have a long list before God. I want to keep the list short. How do I keep the list short? Well, I got to talk to him. How do I talk to him? Well, Jesus is God's son and Jesus taught us how to pray. So I should probably just start with that. Everybody's clamoring after Jesus. How are we supposed to pray, Rabbi? How are we supposed to pray, teacher? And Jesus says this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You're all trying to say the last part. It's not in the Bible. We'll get to that in a minute. And so Jesus tells us how we should pray. And in that, there's some points I've preached on before. You can look back up on our YouTube channel and see the, uh, the steps and the process of what's involved in the Lord's Prayer. How really it truly is a catch-all of everything you could ever possibly need to pray for or deal with in the entirety of your whole life. It is so special, so important. Go and learn the Lord's Prayer. Memorize it, but don't just memorize the words for the sake of saying the words. Let it cut to your heart. Understand what it is. What does it mean? What did God's Son give us that was so special in the Lord's Prayer? So I encourage you to do that. So a bunch of years ago, I'm going through this, I'm reading the Lord's Prayer, and then I come to the end of the Lord's Prayer, and I'm reading in the Bible, because we all say, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen. We all say that. We all say that, but it's not in the Bible. Like, and I was shocked when I'm reading this for thine. It's not in the Bible, but it said, what it actually says was, is, is actually very chafing. What it actually says is, is, is perhaps, please follow me, is, is perhaps the most damning portion of Scripture that we see in the entirety of the Bible. And, and it actually caught me off guard. I had to sit with it for a bit. I didn't like it. It bothered me. It internally sort of began to disrupt the, what I had sort of thought and, and what I anchored to. But if God's Son is saying this to us, it is in the red letters at the end of Matthew chapter 6. If this is the, or the words of, of God's Son then we ought to take them extremely seriously and we need to process them and consider what it means in our lives and in our circumstances. So today we are talking about don't forgive. Well, don't be forgiven. The Mayo Clinic, Mayo Clinic, 
Mayo? 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 Like mayonnaise? Mayo? All right. Mayo Clinic. It actually said this. It was interesting. Forgiving and not forgiving actually has cognitive and physiological effects on our bodies. This is unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, you know, it's funny. You see in the Bible, and you get these weird passages that say uh, they will receive within themselves their due penalty of sin. Well, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? They will receive within themselves their due penalty of sin. Uh, really, when you look at this passage, you realize that not dealing with unforgiveness and not dealing with the debts of our soul actually produces a physiological response in our bodies. It is unbelievable. So for the skeptics here, we will first look at what the Mayo Clinic says. And then for the rest of us that are going to go to heaven, we're going to talk about what it says <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> uh, God bless you. I promise you I took my ADD meds this morning. I promise you. So forgiveness, this is what it actually says. Forgiveness brings what? Forgiveness brings healthier relationships. That's interesting. It's maybe not particularly scientifically quantifiable, but that's a point that they make. It's interesting. Forgiveness brings healthier relationships. But this is measurable. This is definitive. Forgiveness brings improved mental health. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of mental unhealth going on in the world that we live in. Perhaps many of us identify as an individual who have mental health issues. But there is improved mental health, health when there is a forgiving person. Forgiving somebody or forgiving people actually brings less hostility. Interesting, that. that's interesting, right? Brings less hostility. It brings less stress. I don't know who could use more or less stress. I could use more or less stress. It brings less anxiety when you forgive. It's wild. I mean... Probably most people here struggle with hostility, stress, and anxiety. I would like to have less hostility, stress, and anxiety. What is the answer, Pastor James? The answer is, well, we'll get there in just a minute. This is wild. When you start to forgive, you actually produce a stronger immune system. You got a weak immune system? Mayo Clinic says start forgiving people. Your immune system is going to improve. I didn't say it. Bible didn't say it. Mayo Clinic says it. You can take it to the bank. This is cool, too. Mayo Clinic says that when you begin to forgive, it gives you a healthier heart. It gives you a healthier heart that is quantifiable. They've measured it. They've tested it. They've checked it out. They've done the panel. Healthier heart. When, it is in the Bible. Actually, most of these are in the Bible. Gabby. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. What does this say? Paul says, I do not permit him. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to get into it. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Everybody relax. Relax, relax. Okay. Hey, we're talking about forgiveness, people. We're talking about forgiveness today. So unforgiveness, okay, so, converse, so forgiving brings these benefits, but not forgiving does this. Not forgiving produces bitterness in all your relationships, past, present, and future relationships. Are you a snarly, salty person? Start forgiving people because it will remedy that issue. Not forgiving produces depression. Anybody dealing with depression? Consider, hey, just going by what the doctor's telling me, okay? Depression, 
anxiety, hostility, and anger begin to grow in the life of an individual who chooses to not forgive. And then mental stress, perhaps sometimes irreversible mental stress, is produced in the life of the individual who chooses to not forgive. Wow! This is not for my spouse. This is not for my neighbor. This is for me. How can a secular clinic that's looking at quantifiable scientific data regarding forgiveness and unforgiveness point to the very things that we need to discuss and talk about today that come from God's word? In fact, they point to the very things that we see reflected in the last portion of the Lord's Prayer that we hate to talk about at church on Sundays. The verse that changed my life is this. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. The NIV says this, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father in heaven will also not forgive your sins. Wow. That's weighty. That actually has consequence to it. The, the beginning part of the Lord's Prayer is like, oh yeah, we like saying that. We memorized it. We got that. It's nice. It's easy. This has consequence to it, good and bad. There's a weightiness to this, and this is when it began to affect me deeply. There is something powerful about choosing to forgive, but you have to choose to forgive. And there is something powerful about not forgiving, because when you do not, you will retain, you will hold on to, you will drown in the debt of your soul that only one person can remedy. We've talked about it before. What separates us from God? It's a three-letter word that Christians don't like to say anymore. It's sin, right? Not sex. Get married, have as much as you want to, praise the Lord, to the glory of God. Yeah. Probably going to get letters on that. The three-letter word that starts with S that we don't like to talk about too often is sin. Sin separates us from God. It, that's it, plain and simple. It separates us from God. So I'm on this bit of a journey, right? Because this is the verse that changed my life. I'm not really intending for it to change your life. I hope it does. But this is, I get to be selfish today. This is the one that affected me. I realized that all the years that I'd been praying, all the years that I'd gone, gone to God, all the years that I'd said, Lord, forgive me for my sin, sin A, sin B, sin C, all the other sins, the ones that I know of, the ones that I don't know of, the ones that I might do in the future. Lord, please forgive me. And I think, oh, good, I'm forgiven. Praise the Lord. Not realizing that I also was bound to the obligation to forgive others the way that Christ has freely forgiven me. I have a duty and an obligation to actually forgive those who have sinned against me. But I didn't want to forgive the people that have hurt me. I like to hold on to that. I want to keep it close. I want to go back to it every once in a while. I want to just open up the lid and give it a good sniff. 
But it's a deadly, disgusting, gross cancer that begins growing within our hearts. And we deceive ourselves when we think we are in good standing before our creator when actually we have some stuff we got to deal with. And I was caught off guard when I read this. Because I'm going through it all. I'm trying to get in the right posture for prayer. I'm trying to make sure I'm standing before the Lord in good standing. I want to walk righteously before my creator. I'm probably not going to get it right most of the time. But I would like to make sure that at least as much as it depends on me, I am keeping a short list before my God. And then I read this last passage. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And that was almost like an existential crisis. It was completely upending. We don't like to teach that one in children's church. I'll tell you that one. I never heard it growing up when I was in children's church. If you do not forgive the sins of those who have sinned against you, your Father will not forgive you. So as I'm processing this, my little animal brain is starting to work through all of my entire life and the things that have gone on and all the times I've asked the Lord for forgiveness in all the areas of my life. I'm hit between the eyes with the reality that has that been all for naught? Well, think about it. I want all the goodness that comes with receiving forgiveness from God, but I have refused to or not even paid attention to the fact that I have to forgive those who have sinned against me. My goodness. The state of my eternity has a lot to do with the state of my heart towards other people. And this was challenging to wrestle with. I didn't like it. In fact, I still have a hard time with it but I choose to move beyond that because it's written in the text. So then, you know, you start going through it like, man, well, Lord, who, who do I need to forgive? And because he's good and because nothing escapes him, he's like, well, you remember so-and-so in grade five? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, how about them? I'm like, but that was grade five. He's like, yeah, but you still haven't forgiven them. It's like, but, but there's so much time, I, don't even, I can't even get a hold of them anymore. I don't know what their Instagram thing is. I can't DM them and say, hey, I check in, how's, how's it going? I, you know, I just want to catch up with you. By the way, I forgive you. I can't, Lord, I can't do that. He's like, no, but, but let me help you. Because I brought it to your mind now, now you got to deal with it. you got to forgive them. I'm like, but, but I don't know, God. I, I, I just think so much time has, has gone on that I don't think I need to really capitalize on whatever happened in grade five. And he's like, well, if you don't deal with what happened in grade five, uh, that short passage of time is going to affect you for your eternity. Oh. Okay. All right, well, Lord, um, today I, I, I choose to forgive so-and-so from grade five. Oh, good. Well, that wasn't so hard, was it? Well, no, not particularly. Like, good. I, I'm going to help now. How I'm going to help you is I'm going to help your heart begin to change towards that person. And in fact, what's crazy, James, is you're going to learn that you've carried a soul debt for this long. It is time to let that go. You're bearing burdens and weights that you were actually never created to carry. Only one person carried them, and that is my son, Jesus. 
He carried them upon the cross, and you are taking and holding on to something that you are not made to. You are a finite being holding on to infinite consequence, and you have to offload that. It's like, geez, I don't like it. This is hard. So I began going through this process and starting to figure out how to get on the right track. And please understand, this has nothing to do with self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is a deceiver. It puts a barrier between us and others. The reality is that all have sinned. That means you, that means me, that means everybody. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This isn't exclusive to one person or another. This is a very inclusive. The most inclusive thing in the entire world is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I had to, I had to start somewhere to begin dealing with this. Now, this is going to sound kind of crazy, right? Maybe, maybe it already sounds crazy. But for the first, like, months, and, and actually maybe even the first year, there were a lot of those pieces that I had to go back to, some of them every single day, and repeat this in my prayer life. Lord, today I choose to forgive so-and-so. Every single day. And you know what's crazy? Is fast forward five years to where we're standing right now, there are still some that every day I have to say, Lord, today I choose to forgive. Hmm. Every single day. Well, that doesn't sound very freeing, does it? Well, Jesus actually tells us, take up your cross daily and follow me. We have a responsibility to walk in a heart of forgiveness. And then when I get stuck in my own head of thinking, well, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm good. I'm all caught up. I have nothing to worry about. I realize that that's wildly hypocritical to consider that. Because I'm not Jesus. I didn't die on the cross and and declare to the world that it is finished. Only one did. And it's not me. It certainly isn't any of us here. Every moment of every day, there's a decision that needs to be made to offload the debt of my soul. And thank the Lord, he's made a way for that to happen. We were never intended to bear these types of burdens, to bear these types of debts in our hearts. And they will crush us if we don't deal with them. And, and here's the thing, and this I really had to wrestle with this, is, is what right do we have to withhold the very thing that Christ gives us so freely? What right do we have to withhold the very thing that Christ gives us so freely? Well, we don't have any right. In fact, we are without a right. What we are, though, is we are supposed to be slaves to righteousness. And that means we do what's in front of us that God has given us to do, and it needs to begin with making sure that our list is short with our Creator. Oh, 
Oh, someone's listening to me on YouTube, YouTube right now. That's really good. We need, we need to stop and we need to surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for loving me so deeply, so keenly. Thank you for the abundance of your care in my life. Now, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? I realized as I began on this journey that it caused me to realize the deficit that I had with my creator. I realized extremely deeply that I had a debt that needed to be paid truly. But I didn't want to walk the mile that was required to begin processing that. I wanted the dessert without having to eat my vegetables. But when we forgive others, and when we realize that we are forgiven, it is an opportunity to practically show God's love to others and profoundly show the love that God has for us. You know what's amazing about it is it helps us realize that, yes, we used to be this person, but we definitively are not that person anymore. We're able to say and declare truthfully that we are actually new creations in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away, the new has risen to life in Christ. And that's pretty amazing. And I think sometimes as Christians in the church, we, we struggle with some of these things. We, we like to, to make the hashtags about it and do little quotes on our feeds and, and share with everybody else, and I'm forgiven and set free. This is wonderful. But have we forgiven and set free others that we've held in chains for so long? There's a fantastic lyric by a guy named Noah Gunderson. It said, hate is a sharp knife held by the blade. Hate is a sharp knife held by the blade. And when we do not forgive others who have sinned against us, we are going to bear the consequences tremendously if we don't release and let go and actually allow the healing process to begin. This is not for my spouse. This is not for my neighbor. This is for me. Unforgiveness is the perfect garden for sin to grow in. It fertilizes our own self-righteousness and places us above the holy work of Christ on the cross. Unforgiveness is the perfect garden for sin to grow in. It fertilizes our self-righteousness and places us above the holy work of Christ upon the cross. When we do not realize that we have a debt that needs to be dealt with and we need to forgive and settle up and process that and put it to rest, we can become self-deceived in lording our position over others. But the journey of forgiving and being forgiven is a journey in humility and surrender. It's a journey of laying your life down before the work of Christ on the cross. It's a journey of saying, may your will be done, Lord, not mine. It is the journey that we must begin walking on. It's the journey that I had to begin walking on. I had to. This is why. 
I was realizing that, you know, after growing up in a Christian home and growing up in a Christian school and, you know, being involved in the church for, for a lot of my adult life and in the midst of, you know, back then I also had some challenges, but let's fast forward and won't capitalize on those things. It's old me, not new me. And I, I realized that we, we, can, we can become so complacent. I realized I had become so complacent in dealing with the things that I had to deal with. I was so happy to receive what I thought was all of the forgiveness, the whitewashing of all of my mess from God, yet I lorded other people's hurts towards me over them. Well, I'm not going to treat them nicely because I know how they treated me in the past. I'm not going to be kind to them because I know what they said to me. I don't want to talk to them anymore because I know exactly what they talked about behind my back. I, I know what they did to me, and so therefore, I don't care what happens to them. I'm still hurt and bearing the debt, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, of other people's garbage towards me, so they're going to get what they deserve. That is not the heart of Christ. Because if that was the heart of Christ, all of us right now are ultimately and immediately doomed. We are doomed to an eternity of pure separation from God and his presence, his grace, mercy, and love. We are undeserving of the very thing that Christ went to the cross for. So I had to wrestle with this, and I realized that I actually had so much bitterness and anger and frustration in my heart that I had never processed. I had never dealt with, and you know what's wild is there are things, and like I told you earlier, there are things to this day that I still have to deal with, that I still have to forgive, okay? But there are far less things today than there were five years ago. There are far less things today than there were a year ago. There are far less things today than there were two weeks ago. And as time goes on and as you begin walking this journey, as I began walking this journey with the Lord, he begins healing, he begins healing you. He begins restoring you. He begins ministering to you. If you go back to the very beginning of the message, we ask the question, what is it that separates us from God? It's sin, right? Sin separates us from God. I love this analogy. Sin is like a dark curtain pulled over a sunny window. The sun is still there. sun's never gone anywhere. But the curtain creates a separation from the sun's warmth and the sun's light and the sun's light. Repentance of sin lifts the curtain and it restores the relationship that we once enjoyed. When we have unconfessed sin, it creates in us a separation from God. We lose out on the intimacy that God intends for us. Quite a few years ago, that's where I was wrestling with. I'm like, Lord, where are you? I, I, I'm, I, I just, I, I feel like I'm in a bit of a desert. I don't feel like I have that intimacy with you like, like I used to. And that's what began this journey of, of learning what it is to forgive, but then also be thankful that I have now been forgiven, truly. And what's neat is that stuff gets wiped from us. It says that he removes our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. 
He removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. He no longer counts them against us. He no longer holds them over us. He no longer has a list of, you did this, 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 and this. They are gone. They're removed from us. The chalkboard is wiped clean, and that can never come back. We're made new. We are born again. It's a beautiful thing. But unless we have walked in that process, unless we begin on this journey of not only being forgiven, but also forgiving, we will continue to create a barrier between us and the Lord, and the intimacy that our DNA desires to have with our Creator will continuously be disrupted unless we begin walking on this journey that Jesus told us to. Don't forgive. Don't be forgiven. Forgive? I'm going to change your life. So I said earlier, talked about the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic? Mayo? Mayonnaise. Hellman's. I got this. Mayo Clinic. Hebrew words, Greek words, all day long. The Mayo Clinic. That's going to get me. The last point that the Mayo Clinic made there when you begin forgiving, it actually says a, healthy, a healthier heart. And it's quantifiable. Okay? So cool. But I want to tell you this. <clears throat> I want to tell you this, and this is really neat. And this, please understand, this is nothing, this, this is not a, a bragging right of me whatsoever. I'm just so thankful for this because I love the, I love the evidence of God's work in situations. Okay? This is super cool. So get this. Most of you know a whole bunch of years ago, I had some pretty significant health issues with, regarding my heart. Okay? Stuff that was never going to go away. That was it. Diagnosed with this heart condition. It's never going to leave me. I'm gonna, I'll die with it one day, and that'll be it. And uh, you know, medication and, and all this other kind of stuff that has to go along with dealing with, with this lump of skin or lump of flesh inside my chest. And... Uh, and so, you know, I got to watch what I'm doing. I got to watch what I'm eating. I got to be careful about things. I can't go and push myself to the limits like I used to. And, and uh, I have to be careful how much stress I'm adapting, adopting into my life. I have to be cautious of uh, the situations that I'm involved in. I actually had to step away from working at the fire department, uh, which I loved deeply because of the heart issues. I just didn't have the capacity anymore. And uh, you know what? It was just a foregone conclusion. It is, my heart will plague me with issues until I die. Praise the Lord. It is what it is. Didn't think anything of it. It just, that's how it went. It was around the same time that I was starting to deal with this interesting journey. Oh, yeah, by the way, it was all confirmed by uh, CT scan, MRI, echo, Doppler, cardiogram, whatever things that they do with the doctors and all the, the goo they put on you and all that. Yes, here's the imaging. Your heart's broken. Good luck. You'll probably make it. So I'm wrestling with this. Like, this is just life. And in the same journey, I'm like, man, I got to deal with some of my stuff. And so God brought me through this journey and began dealing with my unforgiveness. So that, in turn, I can live in the joy of his forgiveness. This was cool. Didn't even make the correlation between the two. Didn't thinking, think anything of it. Because heaven forbid we, we would admit that our sin issues produce physiological effects in our lives. That's not very Christian of us, is it? Heaven forbid we, we say that we might have issues in our lives because we haven't dealt with our stuff. Oh, oh, I don't know what church would preach something like that, but anyway, it's unbiblical. 
The Bible is clear. Sometimes we can have effects in our lives that are due to the mess that we create for ourselves, and we need to straighten it out. You don't like it? I don't know, pick another Bible to read, but that's what it says in my Bible. So here's the thing. Let's start on this journey. Forgiving. Forgiving. I didn't even ask for forgiveness from God for like a year and a half. Because I just, I was like, I got a list. And I was, it was cool, because you go to the Lord and say, Lord, who do I need to forgive? And because he is faithful and he loves us and he's so kind and he is our good father, he's like, today you need to deal with this, son. I'm like, oh man, I never even remembered that. Okay, let's deal with that. Done, I forgive. Anybody else, Lord? Oh yeah, it's coming. Okay, thank you, thank you for that, great. You know, a year later, when, I've, when I started trusting in the Lord that he is faithful in this journey, He's like, remember this one? I'm like, Lord, that hurts. I, I have buried that in the back of my mind. He's like, yeah, you buried it, and you never forgave it, and it's starting to stink, and it's producing a mess in your life. you got to deal with it. Okay, you, sh- you were faithful in those other things. Help me with my unforgiveness. Walk me through this, Lord. Lord, today I choose to forgive. I start on this journey. Fast forward all these years later, like six months ago, I think, I'm always tentative to just jump up and down and say that the Lord has done a miracle because I want, to, I want some time to elapse before I can confirm it. Because there's nothing worse than saying, the Lord's healed me of my blindness, and then you're blind five minutes later. It's like, ah, okay, we gotta, I, gotta, I gotta make sure. Like, I like to make sure, okay? I'm just skeptical that way, praise the Lord. It's just how my brain works. So I'm wrestling with this, okay? I'm dealing with this, walking through that journey. Then I begin asking the Lord to forgive me. And he's faithful to forgive, faithful to forgive me. And I'm like, it's not just like I'm forgiven with strings attached. I am set free. Wow. The prison doors are open. The chains are gone. Praise the Lord. This is amazing. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your might. Thank you for the work of your son upon the cross. Thank you for his shed blood. Thank you for covering my iniquities. Thank you for restoring me. Praise you, Lord. Well, six months ago, I think, it was around six months ago, I was supposed to preach on Sunday, and then I ended up in the hospital. Maria pinched it for me. God bless her. She's so good for that. But I... I Probably none of you know, some of you know, I ended up in the hospital because my heart did something really not good. Like it did like a flip-flop, backflip, changed directions, and went upside down somewhere in my chest. And I was like, I am dying in five minutes. I need to go to the hospital. This is not good. So I did. Drove myself, because I'm a man. <laughs> I'm not calling an ambulance. No, that's right, no. Drove myself to the hospital, they hook me up, they do all the things, and uh, you know, they got the ECG and they're checking stuff out, pumping me full of stuff, trying to get me to chill. And they're and the doctor, the ER doctor's like, you need imaging done on your heart immediately. I was like, oh, it's happened. The thing that was supposed to happen in the future, a long way off, it's happening now. Like, that's it. I, I maybe I'm gonna have to get like a, I don't know what they do, if they want to give you a pig heart or they give you like a, an outside external heart. I'm thinking, how can I build something that's just going to keep the blood circulating through? Like, I got to have a couple of years left. Come on. So immediately I go for imaging. I go to Nelson. They hook me up to the machine. They do all the stuff with the jelly. And uh, the, the gal says, um, your doctor will get a hold of you in a couple of weeks, which we all know means three years, right? 
we know it. We just know that's what it is, right? So I'm like, the doctor will get a hold of you in a couple weeks. I'm like, all right, thank you. Keep taking your medication. Thank you. <clears throat> Go home. Thank you. So that was on a Friday. Saturday morning, the, uh, the phone rings, like 7 o'clock in the morning. First of all, don't call me at 7 o'clock in the morning unless it's an emergency on a Saturday, okay? And it was my doctor. And, I, and I'm looking at the caller ID and I'm thinking, that's it? He's going to tell me I need an immediate heart transplant. Like, this is serious. He, he, had, he had at least a two-week window to do nothing, improve his golf game before he called me. And he called me the next morning immediately. And this is what he said. He said, hey, I just wanted to let you know. I'm like, what is it, doc? Just, just give me the straight goods. What's the facts? He's like, I just wanted to let you know. This is so weird. But your heart, the entirety of your heart is, is actually completely normal. All the damage that was all there is gone. I said, what? I said, what? <laughs> gone, gone, gone. Like, the damage is gone. Not, it's lessened, not it, it, it is on a course of reversal. The damage is all gone. My heart is healthy and normal. And this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Now, please understand. This is my journey. I do not want you to take this and begin to apply it to your own life and expect same results. What I want to give you this morning is hope and assuredness that things can be better in your things will be better in your life when you choose to A, begin forgiving the people that have hurt you, and B, accept the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has freely given you by his work upon the cross for your sins. Your life will change, maybe not completely on this side of the grave, but your real life, your eternal life, your infinite life in the Lord will change. Your destiny will change. Your destination is going to, going to change. Everything will begin to change in your circumstances when you begin to forgive and then you also receive the forgiveness that God has for you. Church, I want you to begin practice forgiving. Practice forgiving. I'm not going to say I've got it all right, and I'm not going to say I'm going to have no issues uh, in the rest of my life. Welcome to life. We are broken vessels on this side of eternity. We're going to experience stuff. Welcome to the party. I still have a knee with no ACL. It's probably never going to have an ACL. What I'm telling you is that the state of your souls is weighty. It's not something to be trifled with. It's not something to take for granted. It is not something to take lightly. You need to practice forgiving. And if you don't even know where to start and it seems so overwhelming, go and find a quiet place up in the mountains somewhere. I got a beautiful property. You can just go and drive up there and sit in the bush. You're welcome to go for it. Sit and lay on your face before God in the midst of the deer and the elk in the wilderness and the creek and say, Lord, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? 
because I don't want to have a long list before you. Who do I need to forgive? And, and I can't emphasize enough, he loves you so much. He is your heavenly father, not your heavenly dictator. He is your heavenly father. And he comes alongside of you and he says, son or daughter, you've been carrying this for a long time. You've got to let it go. But God, I don't know how to let it go. Well, listen, son or daughter, if, I, if I'm bringing it to light, it means that I'm here with you and I'm going to walk this journey with you. Let go. Forgive. Forgive. Release. Let go. Move on. Because I have better for you. I have more for you. Worship team, come on up. I have hope for you. I have a future for you. I have an eternity for you. I have rewards in heaven for you. I have life for you. It is time to let go. It's time to let go. We've got to practice forgiving. And in that, we have to practice repenting. You know, the only thing that gets hurt in all of this is our pride. I say it all the time. I'm not going to say the real word, but you know what it is. Pride is poop, and we don't want our hearts full of poop. Sup substitute the word in your mind. Whisper it under your breath. You know exactly what it is. Praise the Lord. You don't want that in your heart. You don't want your heart full of that. You don't want your heart full of that very fertilizer that will cause sin to grow in your life and affect your eternity. You want to be free and clear before God. Practice forgiving. Practice repenting. Practice receiving the free gift of life that comes from Jesus. And practice living in this freedom. Your relationship dynamics might change. They might. Your relationship dynamics might change. People might look at you weird if you're starting to be friendly to somebody that otherwise you wanted nothing to do with. I'm not saying you got to just go out there and start to rehash everything that's ever existed in the entirety of your life. Start nailing it down first with your creator and go from there. Start there. One thing is for certain is it will not kill you. <laughs> it's not going to kill you. And then when you deal with forgiving and you finally forgive some people, the Lord's like, see, that wasn't so bad. But Lord, it was hard. But did you die? Oh, no, your son did. Yeah, your, my son did for you. So now you can receive that. I love, I'm going to close in this, in this hope, okay? I want to close in the hope of this passage. Because we do have hope, and our hope is eternal, and it is eternal because of the work of Christ on the cross. Our eternities have changed because of the transcendent, amazing, beautiful work that Jesus did on that cross when he said, it is finished. The whole point of all of this is forgive, be forgiven, walk in freedom. Forgive, be forgiven, walk in that freedom. But I don't know if I can. Yes, you can. But, but it seems so hard. Yes, it's hard. But I might have to do this for a long time. Yes, you will. But I will tell you this. You will be better. You will feel better. You will experience joy. You will be lighter. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You will not bear the burdens of things that you were not made to carry 
begin to forgive. Romans 6, 20 to 23. This is not on a slide. I want you just to listen, please. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. What does that mean? When you were steeped in all the sin of your life, you actually were void of righteousness. Do I have sin in my life? Well, it depends. Have you forgiven? And have you been forgiven? Then yes, you do. So when you were slaves to sin, you were free from righteousness. And what fruit were you getting from that time from the things of which you were now ashamed? For the end of those things will only bring you death. But now, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become servants of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification. And its end brings eternal life. Finally, it closes in this. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's our hope, church. That is my hope. That is your hope. To receive the free gift of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Won't you stand up? So there's absolutely nothing magical about putting your hands out like this, okay? There's nothing. But what it does is it places us in a posture of receiving. You go like this when someone's got something to give you, right? You're not like, no, throw it at me. No, hands out. I got something. The Lord has something to give you this morning. I got something to receive from the Lord. We put our hands out because we want to receive something, and God has a gift for you. And it's a posture that we walk in. So, we end with this hope that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And where do we even begin with this? We have to ask God the question, God, who do I need to forgive? And so you got your hands out this morning, and he's going to place a person in those hands. Maybe he's going to place a situation, or an institution, or a group of people, or a circumstance. He's going to put that in your hands. Lord, who do I need to forgive? And he's, he's placing it there. And he's not placing it there to crush you or ruin you or because he hates you. He's placing it there because he loves you and it's time to begin dealing with it because you can't take it to the grave with you. You just can't. And this isn't just a one Sunday and it's done thing. Guys, this is an everyday thing. Every single day. It's going to be tiring, sure. But it's going to give you life. And you can be proud of the work of your hands when you commit to this. You ask the Lord this morning. Ready? Lord, you say it. Lord, repeat after me. Lord, who do I need to forgive? And it's coming up. It's in your mind. It's right there. 
For some of you, you've already turned away from it because it's too much. I promise you, if God is bringing it to you this morning, it is not too much. He is enough to carry you through this. He is enough to bear the burdens that you have been carrying. He is enough to complete that work. He is enough to be faithful, to forgive. He is going to help you with this. He is going to walk you through this. This isn't because he dislikes you or wants to break you. This is because he wants you to be free. It's come to mind. That person, that situation, that experience. Lord, who do I need to forgive? That's the question. And the answer is this. Lord, today I choose to forgive and you just name it. Lord, today I choose to forgive. And then just name it. Just say it. You can say it under your breath. Don't say it in your mind. Get it out. Lord, today I choose to forgive. The next piece is simple. Just ask the question again. Lord, who do I need to forgive? And this is called practicing something. This is a good practice. This is something that we can all practice. I'm not asking you to go home and memorize Bible verses. I'm not asking you to go home and and shake 500 hands this week and pay off someone's mortgage. I'm asking you today to practice forgiving. Practice forgiving. Lord, who do I need to forgive? Go through the list. Exhaust it. Finish it. Tomorrow there might be some more. Tomorrow there might be some repeats. Go through the list. And then what's amazing is you can go before the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me for... Hmm. And you can walk in the freedom knowing that you are free. You have been forgiven. It can't be counted against you. Keep your list short before the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time that we've had this morning and the beautiful wisdom that comes from your scriptures. I thank you for the truth that is revealed in your word and through your son Jesus as he teaches us to pray. I thank you that you have made a way for us to know you. I thank you that you have made a way for that barrier of sin to be removed. I thank you you have made a way for our, the debts of our soul to be paid for in full. And I thank you that you call us to forgive just as you have forgiven freely. I thank you for your grace upon us. Help us not to be so offended by those who have hurt us that we lose out and miss out on the grace that you've actually given us in spite of ourselves. Help us not to hold ourselves in a loftier position than Christ has. I thank you, Lord, that you have taught us to forgive. And in turn, I thank you also, Lord, that you have forgiven Lord, set your church free this morning from the things that have bound them, the past that has held them, 
the prisons that they have been in. Set them free this morning, Lord. And renew in them the joy of their salvation because of what Christ has done. Father, we give our hearts to you this morning and we say yes to the work in front of us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.